Your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It's Monday. August the 22nd, the memorial of the queenship of the Blessed Virgin Mary and the birthday of my oldest daughter. Praise be to God. Uh, Here's a good question. What in the world is going down with the Boston Children's Hospital and their whole trans kid program? They've been backtracking, deleting information, removing videos. Uh, We're going to get to the bottom of that story with Edie Heipel from the Catholic News Agency at 35 past the hour. So join us for that if you can. Mark Houck from the Kingsman is going to be on. He uh, was a part of a, uh, a life saved at an abortion mill last week in Philadelphia. He's going to share that story coming up at 15 past the hour. The top of the next hour, if you can join us, Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to be on to talk about the Vatican failures in the Cardinal Ouellette case. Now, uh, that's a very interesting story. We're going to get to the bottom of that. For those that can join us at the top of the next hour, but there are tons of stories in the news, of course, over the weekend. City of Nashville, they have uh, decided to give tax breaks to companies that support abortion and uh, paying for abortion travel for their employees. Gee, thanks, Nashville, Tennessee. I used to think you were religious and conservative. I I guess not. Hey, some 4.9 million illegal aliens have crossed the U.S. border just in the last 18 months. Happens to coincide with President Joe Biden's term in office so far. Not sure if you can correlate that or not. But, oh, by the way, there's also been some 250,110 migrant children who have been released into the U.S., not sent back to their parents in their home countries, but sent into sponsors in the United States just since President Joe Biden has taken office. Oh, and one other interesting tidbit. A federal judge who rules on immigration issues, guess what? He was also arrested for smuggling illegals across the border just this past week. So there's that. That's fun. Hey, Cardinal Leopoldo Brennis, he met with the Bishop of Matagalpa, Ronaldo Alvarez, who was the one who was uh, basically kidnapped by the dictatorship of Ortega in Nicaragua. And he reports that his physical condition has deteriorated, but his mind and spirit are, are strong. So please do keep the bishop in Nicaragua in your prayers today. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Man, it was a fascinating weekend, huh? Yeah. Pretty good. Was it? Yeah. For, I don't know. Well, I, I wasn't for fascinated. You? Not no? for me. Oh, well. I had a great time. Did you? Yeah. What'd you do? I went out birding. Birding? In camouflage. So you were like hunting birds so you could feed your family? I was hunting birds mm-hmm. with my camera. In order and to I track them so that you can hunt them. them and eat them? Or what? Like, how's that work? I uh, understand. No. It make uh, something more important than that. It's you want to take a shot at them, right? Online fame, Joe, is what I'm looking for. <laughs> You're going for the. You want to be a bird influencer? Is that what you saying? Yeah, exactly. A bird influencer, like like on TikTok or something? No, no. I have standards. Do you and the okay. birds do dances to save the planet? Yes. I mean, like, okay, okay, yes, yeah, we do. I see, I see. Okay, makes sense. <laughs> hey, woo! <laughs> All right. Speaking of sense, Adrian Fonseca's back in the studio. Good morning, to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Praise be to God. It's you bad. survived your trip. I did survive my trip. It was a long drive, but praise be to God, made it back in one piece. Got back at like eleven forty-five at night. So it was a little, a little bit of a little early in the morning. But, How you know, long was the drive? About thirteen hours. 13 uh, actually, closer hours. to like. 
15 because, you know, stopped to eat and stuff like that. Didn't want to get fast food, so stopped and ate at Rudy's. Thanks, Rudy, by the way. I appreciate, appreciate <laughs> the meal. He thought of you the whole time, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> no, but it was, it was very good. And my buddy Alex got married. So to Mr. and Mrs. Malone, say a prayer, if you could, for their happy and holy marriage. So it was a good time. The land of enchantment. I went mm-hmm. to New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Very nice. The staircase of St. Joseph. I was going to ask. Very cool. The uh, the goods. The uh, the upside is uh, St. Joseph here in New Mexico and built a a staircase. Pretty mm-hmm. amazing. The downside is the sisters sold it in 1973 and now it's privately owned, so it's now no longer used as yeah. a chapel. And but, I was like, what? But they kept it like a chapel. I mean, it's they still. Did. It looks the same. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so it's very nice. I should be going there next month in September on my way to my mission trip to uh, wow. go to the end of the wild weekend. I'm going to stop by there with two of my sons. You should stop at the shrine of Our Lady Guadalupe there. Mm. There's uh, the oldest shrine to Our Lady Guadalupe in the U.S. is right there in near there in Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. Oh well, like I guess I will. Six minutes away. Well, we're going to have to add that to the mm-hmm. agenda, praise be to God. So uh, that's going to be fun coming up, uh, as, as I said, at 15 past the hour. Mark Houck is going to be our guest. We'll tell you a little bit about this uh, weekend, the Into the Wild weekend. But let's pray. Let's get into it. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Monday, August 22nd, and here are your headlines this morning. Catholic News, uh, or rather CNA, reports, Cardinal visits Bishop abducted by the Nicaraguan dictatorship. His spirit is strong, he says. The Archbishop of Managua, Nicaragua, Cardinal Brenes met with Bishop of Matagalpa, Rolando Alvarez, hours after the bishop had been abducted by the Ortega dictatorship during the early hours of August 19th. In a statement released this afternoon, the Archbishop reported that the physical condition of Alvarez has deteriorated, but his mind and spirit are strong. According to police, the priests and seminarians detained in Managua are being held in the Directorate of Judicial Assistance in a prison known as El Chipote, infamous for torture carried out on opponents of the Ortega dictatorship. A lawyer said that the abducted bishop, for the abducted bishop, there are two outcomes, which are exile or jail. However, he said that Alvarez will never tolerate leaving Nicaragua, and even less so when he found out the rest of the priests and seminarians were being sent to the torture prison. The Epic Times reports judge permanently blocks Biden oil and gas leasing pause in 13 states. The injunction applies to 13 states that sued the Biden administration over the moratorium on March in March 2021, according to including Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas, Utah, and West Virginia. Terry Dowry, the U.S. District Judge for the Western District of Louisiana, ruled that the White House had overreached in the ban. And the Washington Examiner reports federal judge temporary blocks Florida's Stop Woke Act. A federal judge has granted an injunction temporary blocking a key aspect of Florida's new law that restricts workplaces from implementing so-called woke training about race relations. The injunction halts the state from enforcing the Stop Woke Act, which forbids companies from including eight concepts in their employee training, including ideas that promote critical race theory or suggestions that one bears personal responsibility for and must feel guilt, anguish, or other forms of psychological distress because of actions in which the individual played no part. 
think uh, so-called white privilege and that sort of thing. And Breitbart reports Texas woman poisoned by touching a napkin stuck in her car door handle. Be careful with what you pick up here. A Texan suspects she was poisoned by touching a napkin stuffed in her car's door outside of a Houston restaurant. Doctors agreed she had been poisoned, but they were unable to identify what the poisonous material was. After removing the napkin from the door, she went into the restaurant to wash her hands and began to feel her arm was tingling and was having trouble breathing, noting that her heart rate was spiking rapidly before being rushed to the hospital. Similar stories have been written along the same lines, so be careful with what you touch or pick up off of the ground. Uh, those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day, on top of it being the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, is also the Feast of St. Andrew the Scot. Andrew the Scot was born in Ireland near the beginning of the 9th century to a noble family. He later became known as the Scot because in that day, when speaking of someone from Ireland, which the Romans had called Scotia, he was the brother of St. Bridget the Younger, and both Andrew and his sister studied under St. Donatus. In 816, Andrew accompanied Donatus on his pilgrimage to Italy. When Donatus and Andrew arrived at Fisole, the people were assembled to elect a new bishop. Donatus was chosen, and after being consecrated to that office, he made Andrew his archdeacon. There is a miracle reported of his healing the daughter of a nobleman. The girl had been paralyzed, and the doctors were unable to help her. So their father asked Andrew to come and pray for her. Kneeling by her couch, he told her to stand, for Jesus had healed her. Many other miracles were performed by him over the course of his, of his deaconship in Fisole. Casting out demons, healing the blind and the sick, during the 47 years of Donatus Episcopate, Andrew served him faithfully. The bishop encouraged Andrew to restore the church of San Martino de Minsola and to found a monastery there. Andrew is commended for his austerity of life and boundless charity to the poor. He died a few years after Donatus around 880. His sister seemingly miraculously arrived from Ireland in time to assist at his deathbed. St. Andrew the Scot, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 23, verses 13 through 22. Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You lock the kingdom of heaven before men. You do not enter yourselves, nor do you allow entrance to those trying to enter. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You traverse sea and land to make one convert. And when that happens, you make him a child of Gehenna, twice as much as yourselves. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, If one swears by the temple, it means nothing. But if one swears by the gold of the temple, one is obligated. Blind fools! Which is better, the gold or the temple that made the gold sacred? And you say, if one swears by the altar, it means nothing. But if one swears by the gift on the altar, one is obligated. You blind ones, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? One who swears by the altar swears by it and all that is upon it. And one who swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And one who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who is seated on it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like you to back up a bit here. I mean, uh, I wish they would have included this in the passage because I think it's 
critical. If you go back to verse 2 uh, there, because we again, we started in verse 13, but if you go back to verse 2 of Matthew 23, it says this, and this is from the Douay Rams, the scribes and the Pharisees have sitten on the chair of Moses. All things, therefore, whatsoever they shall say to you, observe and do. But according to their works, do ye not. For they say and do not. For they bind heavy and insupportable burdens and lay them on men's shoulders. But with a finger of their own, they will not move them. Close quote. That is pretty powerful. They have authority. The Lord recognizes it. They sit on the cathedra of Moses the chair of Moses, and because they have authority, they can bind. But it is clear that they are hypocrites, and they do not even follow their own prescriptions, but they are happy to lay those burdens on others. So that's a very good lesson for all of us about having to do and to be obedient in ways that are uncomfortable and no fun, especially to those that we seem uh, are unfit. But Haydock's commentary makes this also clear. He says, as above our Lord had inculcated eight beatitudes, so here he denounces eight woes or threats of impending judgment to the scribes and Pharisees for their vile hypocrisy. Hmm, look at that parallel. Eight beatitudes, eight hypocrisies. Hadock's uh, commentary goes on to say, Now the Pharisees, by refusing to believe in him and conspiring against him, deterred those who would otherwise have believed in Christ from professing his name and following his doctrines, and thus shut the gate of heaven against them. Origen would say, Whosoever is a perpetuator of evil deserves heavy chastisements. But the man who commits wickedness under the cloak of religion is deserving of still more severe punishment. Now, I find this very interesting. Again, go back to that first verse there, that second uh, verse of chapter 23. The scribes and the Pharisees have sitting on the chair of Moses. All things, therefore, whatsoever they shall say to you, observe and do, but according to their works do ye not. Hmm, do, can you tell the difference? Are, do you have that nuanced capability to hear, to listen, to see what comes out of certain prelates uh, of the Vatican or your own parish priest? Those who have authority, as our Lord has mentioned here, can you tell what is right and what is wrong? Can you steer clear of the hypocrisies? If not, pray and discern that very carefully. Get a great spiritual director. Go to confession more frequently. Receive the sacraments in humility. Because these are difficult times, and we must know the differences and not follow their example, even if we have to follow their their obedience and authority. We'll be right back. Mark Houck's up next. Over the years, people were treated as less than human because they were a different race, a different faith, or vulnerable. But over time, we must learn that we are all God's children, created in His image, that all human creation has an inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, a right to love and be loved. So let's cherish the sanctity of life because we know how it feels when others treat us as less than human. Some Protestants like to charge the Catholic Church with changing the Ten Commandments because it omits the prohibition of making graven images found in Exodus 20. But is this true? No. And here's the reason why. Like Augustine, the Catholic Church sees the prohibition of making graven images as merely an extension of the First Commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. 
In light of the context, it seems that Augustine was right. For immediately after God prohibits the making of graven images, he says in verse 5, You shall not bow down to them or serve them. The prohibition is against idolatry, not the making of images in an absolute sense. So the Catholic Church didn't change the Ten Commandments. And it's not guilty of idolatry and having statues in its places of worship. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be out with you. Coming up at 35 past the hour... Edie Heifel, a political correspondent for the Catholic News Agency, is going to be our guest to talk about what's going down in the uh, Boston Children's Hospital story. Backtracking. Are they trying to cover up the fact that they were having minors go through trans surgeries? We're going to get to the bottom of that story with Edie Heifel from CNA coming up again at 35 past the hour. Do us a favor and share us with a friend. Joining us right now is my good friend Mark Kauk from the King's Men Apostolate. He's also... Uh, a co-host of a show called A Life Lived Joyfully Heard Monday through Friday across the Guadalupe Radio Network in the 3 o'clock Central time zone. Uh, good morning to you, Mark Houck. Good morning, Joe. Good Praise be to you. God. How are you, my friend? Oh, it's 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 a blessing to be alive. I'm I'm doing great, bro. God, thank Good. you. Well, that's a start. Praise be to God. We're glad you're on with us today. Thank you for uh, for doing that. Uh, you had a uh, an interesting story that you were telling me about uh, over the chat over the weekend. You were saying there was a you you witnessed or was a part of a, a life saved at an abortion clinic. Yeah, these are always exciting when they you have the opportunity to to walk side by side with someone who chooses life when they're on the brink of, of an abortion. And uh, this happened last Wednesday. Interestingly enough, when I arrived at, at, at uh, around 10 a.m. in the city of Philadelphia, uh, there was a random guy walking by where I was, Planned Parenthood in Philly, and uh, he wanted to know where the, uh, the alternate abortion facility is in, in town. Well, luckily, there was a guy who showed up who don't, normally doesn't come to the the, the, play, uh, the prayer vigil. And uh, I said, you know what? I'll take you to the other abortion mill. Wow. I didn't say it that way to him, but I, I said, I'll take you there, but you got to take this and uh, you got to let me walk with you. <laughs> so the whole time I'm, I'm, I'm ministering to this guy, telling him about rescuing his girlfriend, who's already at the other abortion facility. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I said, you, you got to pull her out. And, I, you know, I, I went through everything. And I, I, I talked about the pro-life movement, everything we could do to help them. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty stable guy, actually. Uh, and when he got there, it was about a 30-minute walk. He used my cell phone to call his girl. And then uh, as soon as he got there, he went in and pulled her right out. Wow. And uh, if the other guy wasn't at the facility where I was, I, I, I wouldn't have been able to leave. So it was as God would have it. And those are just unique opportunities. Uh, that I was able to, to just inter- intercede there and intervene, I, I guess, better word, um, on behalf of the child. The, wow. That's providence right there. Yeah. Praise be to God. So yeah. did this guy push back on you at all? Did, did he have like a pro-abortion mentality? What, what was his mindset? He's a father of two children already, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And uh, no, he didn't push back at all. In fact, he was lost, right? He didn't know where he was going. So he was relying on me. He was dependent on me. And he was very open to, he said, I, I don't really want to do this. My girlfriend, who's his live-in 
partner, I guess, um, said she didn't want to go through with the pregnancy. She didn't want to deal with it. And again, abortion is a convenience issue these days. It's not, it's not anything more than that for mm-hmm. most women um, in, in that way. Uh, and, and so I said, look, we, I know it's tough. I got seven kids of my own. I've witnessed pregnancy. It's difficult. I get it. But it's a blip in the road. You know, it's just a small little time of your life. You're going to, and I asked him, I said, which of your two children do you, would you abort right now if you could? And he said, I wouldn't abort any of them. And I, and I said, well, exactly. This child's going to bless your life. Let me ask you, are these two girls that you have or two boys? He says, I have two girls. I said, this could be your first boy. So I just opened his mind up to mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, the possibility, and he was very open to it. Did you get to meet his girlfriend at all? Yes. As soon as I got there, you know, I stayed for a little bit, obviously, to see if he came out. And um, he did, obviously, with her. And I did meet her. Um, pray for Keith and Kishana, all your, all your listeners. Uh, and, you know, we walked around the building so we have a little privacy. And, um, you know, I just said, hey, what can I do for you? I always say, can I take you guys out to get something to eat or get you a coffee or something? Uh, sometimes they take me up on that. Sometimes they don't. But they said, you know, we're, we're okay. And I said, okay, well, let me give you our doctor's information, you know, the pro-life doctor that we use. I said, here, take her cell phone. And I said, let me, can, you mind if I take your husband, or not your husband, your, your boyfriend's cell phone? And she said, that's fine. So I got all their information. I've been, I've been following up with them. So that's kind of what it was. I did talk to her. You know, she's kind of like it was a surreal experience. She, she's on mm-hmm. the brink of killing her own child, and then now she's not. So it's kind of like, it's like almost like I would imagine, you know, you're in shock a little bit. Am I really doing this? You know, kind of thing. Yeah, praise be to God. What an what an opportunity to be used by God in such a powerful way. Um, you know, last week we were I was having a conversation with Mike Koeniger, our friend from Virginia, and uh, he, we were talking about this story of this guy bragging about his vasectomy. You know, encouraging other men to get mm. vasectomies. And uh, I shared my own abortion experience, taking a girl to get an abortion back in the '90s in Hawaii. And uh, so often we see these boyfriends driving these girls, and so often. It's, uh, you know, these boyfriends are very adversarial. They, they're not open at all to life. In fact, the, the moms are probably wishing, cause I know in my case, she wished, she, she wished I gave her a better option. I only gave her the one. The abortion was the only option I offered her. And I think, uh, for a lot of guys, that's true. Uh, they, they were, they're so militant. They want nothing to do with the actual connection, but it's so absolutely contrary to our nature as men to be leaders, protectors, and providers, is it not? Yeah, unfortunately, the majority of women seek abortion because of the lack of financial and emotional support, and so that's exactly what they need. And this is exactly what I was telling Keith. She needs you to tell her that you will stay with her, that you'll protect her, and that you'll lead her through this, and that you'll provide for her, you know, financially, emotionally. You will not go anywhere. She needs you to say, and also you need to say, I want this child. I want you to mother this child. I want to father this child. She needs you to, to, to declare that. And he listened, he's listening to me, and I, I don't know whether he did or not, but he, he went right in and got her. So he must have said something right. Um, but, yes, I mean, Joe, I mean, that's exactly most abortion-minded men are, are very passive in, in the approach to the, uh, the you know, these things. I, a lot of times we'll see these videos, they'll come out, you know, fairly regularly, I would say, of guys uh, outside of abortion mills attacking the prayer warriors out there. 
uh, and it's because they feel like you're you're this. I don't want this baby to be born under any circumstances because that is commitment. And it seems like a lot of men today just simply fear actual, you know, substantial commitment. Yeah. Well, when we when we have these reactions, we we can look at them in in a couple different ways. When someone is has a visceral reaction to the presence of people praying in front of an abortion facility, um, something's happening in them. Something's stirring in them. They're closer to a conversion than those that are really emotionally flat. Unfortunately, the reaction is very is very negative and it's usually very hostile and it can be very you know, threatening in some ways. So, uh, you know, the prayer vigil person, the war prayer warrior needs to really just, you know, contain themselves, not react and not, and not take it too personally. You really need to depersonalize that and, and recognize that this issue is, is stirring this person up. They may have had an abortion in their past. Likely that's true, or they know someone that has, or they've made a decision or have encouraged someone in this vein. And so they're justifying their own choices. And so our presence is convicting them, pricking their conscience. Uh, we have to really go into prayer for them at that moment, because it's not about you and it's not about anything you did. Uh, it's about what this issue is doing to people. And unfortunately, um, it's really with, since the Dobbs case, it's really causing a lot of friction, more friction than usual. Yeah. All the more reason why men have to stand up and be a part of this. They can't just uh, let others go to these abortion mills and do let others do all the praying. They have to be a part of it, too. And, uh, you know, I've always been inspired, especially like uh, in places like Poland and Hungary. We see these massive prayer rallies for men and they just go to the town square and they're on their knees and they're praying. It's like we we need more of that, not less. In America, a lot of guys tend to be uh, a little too bashful, it seems. Yeah, you know, Bishop Olmsted did a great little uh, letter, apostolic letter, not into the breach, and something for, that preceded that, which was about defending the faith in the public square. And, uh, you know, it was really important that we as Catholics and men and, and people in general read that. Uh, unfortunately, uh, as you said, uh, most people will subscribe to the 11th commandment, thou shalt not be controversial. <laughs> so uh, this is why we, a lot of us don't do these things. You know, let's talk about uh, the end of the wild weekend, because I think this is this is scratching, uh, you know, the, an itch here that a lot of men, I think, suffering from an emasculated nature. I know I have. I spoke about that quite extensively in my documentary film, The Other Set of Fear. Um, but the the end of the wild weekend really, I think, is I, we've I know I've you've been doing this for forever, but. I've been a part of several of these, and almost every time I go to one of these retreats, there is a handful of guys that are dealing with issues just like this, and they've never spoken out loud. They've never been a, 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 amidst a band of brothers that will walk with them. Tell me about that. Yeah. You know, one of the things that the King's Men do is we connect a lot of dots for men, especially from their past. And so when you come together with men, like-minded men, faith-filled men, you know, they, they're inspired in some ways. They're intimidated even in other ways. But when you go to an environment like Into the Wild, which we're going to be in Flagstaff September 15th to the 18th, you're going to have a very safe, inviting, and comfortable space for men. Campfires, uh, beautiful scenery, wilderness, sunsets, sunrises, the Eucharist, adoration, mass, uh, rosary. You have everything there that kind of builds up the man in his faith, yes, but builds him up in a wonderful way, just on a natural level. 
And then you inspire him with people like yourself. You're going to be leading the whole weekend as the retreat master. Uh, you bring in great speakers uh, that are going to just just hit him right where the Holy Spirit needs him to be hit. And then you have the opportunity to really minister to a man like I did with Keith as I was walking. But really, for four days, you're going to be intimately, if I can use that word, don't come and be intimate with men. That's not the advertising message today. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Mark. But really intimately <laughs> learn and, and be, you know, learn about this guy's journey. Yeah. So anyhow, it's, it's a beautiful experience. It's an incredible uh, men's retreat. It's my favorite for sure. It's coming up in September. Uh, like Mark said, I'm going to be there as the uh, as the MC. Uh, you're going to do some incredible things, guys, and we encourage you to to check it out. Go to IntoTheWildWeekend.com, and you can find information and uh, and all of that. But uh, it's an outdoor experiential. I got in trouble for saying experiential on Twitter a couple weeks back, and I was sharing this, and they're like, "Oh, modernists using the word experiential." I'm like, "Listen, okay, this is a retreat for men because we hate the experience of sitting inside a retreat hall eight hours." a day listening to nothing but talks we want to chop wood fish hike we want to wrestle hand-to-hand combat we want f- uh, big huge fires at night and steak okay so that's <laughs> the kind of experience we're talking about people so calm down and it's gonna be okay into the wild is the website uh, it's gonna be in flagstaff september 15th through the 18th it's gonna be a great time uh, at the lake mormon arizona area uh so uh, we're looking forward to it God bless you, Mark. We're, we're grateful for your time today. And what an cr- incredible story. Thank you for your fidelity to be out there every single week praying in front of that abortion mill. Amen. Keeps us coming back, right? You save one soul, you save your own. God bless you. Amen. Thanks, God bless you too, Mark. We'll see you soon. IntoTheWildWeekend.com is the website. Also, check out Mark on Tuesdays on A Life Live Joyfully on the Guadalupe Radio Network, 3 p.m. Central. Great show. I highly encourage you. Uh, Monsignor Charles Pope is a part of it. And so is our good friend, Father Sam Medley. Again, grnonline.com for that. We'll be right back. More is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Instead of fighting the crowds, isn't it so much easier to hop online and do your shopping in the comfort of your own home? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you shop online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to AmazonSmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give a little extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is Dave. Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, what's wrong for you may be right for someone else. And besides, what's right and wrong changes like everything else. You can't fight these things. You have to just go with the flow. G.K. Chesterton says, right is right, even if nobody does it. And wrong is wrong, even if everybody is wrong about it. Right and wrong are not based on fashion and personal preferences, and not on the calendar. They're based on the laws of God, on eternal truth that does not change. And as for going with the flow, G.K. Chesterton says, A dead thing goes with the stream. Only a living thing can go against it. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired and now more headlines. AP News reports China plans cloud seeding to protect grain crop from drought. 
China says it will try to protect its grain harvest from record-setting drought by using chemicals to generate rain, while factories in the southwest waited Sunday to see whether they would be shut down for another week due to shortages of water to generate hydropower. The coming 10 days are a key period of damage resistance for southern China's rice crops, said Agriculture Minister Tang Renjian, according to the newspaper Global Times. Authorities will take emergency steps to ensure the autumn grain harvest, which is 75% of China's annual total, Tang said on Friday, according to the report. Authorities will try to increase rain by seeding clouds with chemicals and spraying crops with water-retaining agents to limit evaporation. And if this sounds far-fetched to you, look up Operation Popeye. I think it might make your eyes pop out. And the Washington Examiner reports, daughter of Putin ally Alexander Dugan killed in car blast. A murder investigation has been opened after the daughter of a nationalist Russian ideologue, Alexander Dugin, was killed in a suspected car bombing on the outskirts of Moscow, Russian authorities said. Daria Dugina died at the scene after an explosive device went off on Saturday night, catching the Toyota Land Cruiser she was driving on fire near the village of Bolshie. The Russian foreign ministry speculated that Ukraine might have been behind the attack, calling it Zelensky regime sanctioned terrorist acts. Ukraine, led by President Volodymyr Zelensky, has denied any involvement. And the Washington Times reports, Man uses detector, a metal detector, to find stranger's wedding ring on an ocean floor. A woman from Massachusetts had her wedding ring, uh, has her wedding ring again, rather, after a stranger found it buried in the ocean floor with his metal detector. Francesca Teal lost her ring earlier this month while throwing a football with her husband at a New Hampshire beach. After hours of searching for the ring, which once belonged to her great-grandmother, she posted a call on, on Facebook for help and was shared thousands of times. Lou Assey saw the post and decided to go diving for the ring with his metal detector. While he had no luck the first two days, he finally found the diamond-studded ring on his third outing. He said, quote, Please tell me this is the ring so I could finally get off of this beach, Mr. Assey, who was 60, reported in a picture message to Mrs. Teal. Mrs. Teal's husband reportedly got down on one knee to place the ring back on her finger after Mr. Assey returned it. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Wow. Praise be to God. What a cool story. That's a fun story. <laughs> took three times. Third time's a charm. Third time's I'm going to be in New Hampshire coming up in October. Looking forward to that. Praise Are you be taking God. your metal detector? Uh, my son has one. Oh, well, um, you should take it. There's diamond rings there. Yes, let's do There's this. There's rings thing. in them narrow hills. How much is that diamond ring worth to you, lady? I'm curious. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But yeah, we are going to be there in October. Looking forward to it. Praise be to God. Hey, joining us right now via Zoom chat uh, is uh, Edie Heipel. She's political correspondent for the Catholic News Agency. Good morning to you, Miss Heipel. Good morning, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're so grateful for your time today. Uh, now, th so you reported at the Catholic News Agency and the National Catholic Register on the Boston Children's Hospital uh, story, which seemed to be somewhat developing last week. I mean, there was the yes. initial, hey, these guys seem to be trying to trans underage children, and then they seem to want to cover that up. What is going on there in Boston? Definitely. Well, about two weeks ago now, social media rather erupted because of this story uh, coming out of Boston. Boston Children's Hospital uh, posted their own playlist of YouTube videos. And, um, you know, all this content is also on their website. Um, but it was found by several activists against, uh, you know, transitioning kids and was publicized online. And basically, these videos detail how they offer a full scale gender program for kids, including um, sex change surgeries for children as young as 17. Um, this blew up on social media and, um, 
you know, there was a lot of outcry. And then the hospital seemed to reverse its position, took down, uh, took down the information on their website that said that they perform these procedures on minors. And, you know, it's, it's an updating story. I think we're going to see a lot more unfold in the next few weeks on exactly how this is going to play out here. It seems like a very disturbing story to me, actually, to, to think that doctors who have taken you know the Hippocratic Oath are willing to mutilate underage children that's irreversible. I mean, the suicide rate amongst trans is very high. Uh, right. To think that these kids might end up in that category, shouldn't that give these people some pause? It really should. And actually, the U.S. right now is kind of behind the rest of the world and much more progressive countries overseas. Um, you know, last month, the t- infamous Tavistock Clinic, which is a gender clinic for for kids in England, was actually shut down due to whistleblowing and complaints and parents and families who had their kids transitioned at such a young age and now are regretting it um, because of the complications and and the really awful things that can happen to children when we do these procedures. Um, You know, so England, Finland, Sweden, some of these really progressive European countries are actually backpedaling on whether or not trans surgeries should be performed on kids. And the U.S. continues to barrel ahead. Um, both in clinics and hospitals, but also, you know, from the Biden administration's point of view, that's kind of the guidance right now is that mm. this is this is OK when the rest of the world is thinking it's not. You know, do you have any idea whether or not when they were advertising for 17 year olds, um, do you have any idea whether or not a parental consent was necessary in those cases? Um, it doesn't. You know, they have a lot of guidance on their website saying that they the children who get these surgeries done have to meet certain criteria. Not all of that was outlined, um, but what one of them was for sure uh, that they had to have been experiencing gender dysphoria for at least an extended period of time. So six to 12 months, I think, is the general range. So it's not clear uh, whether or not they needed parental consent, but given the pattern um, in these hospitals and clinics worldwide, I, a lot of the times children don't need parental consent. Did it say whether or not they would have had to have been diagnosed with gender dysphoria? Did it some psychologist or something like that have to say that, in fact, or at least, uh, you know, document that these individuals were suffering through gender dysphoria? So it depends on the procedure, right? Um, they have a variety of different surgeries. One of them, for example, is vocal cord surgery, where they um, mutilate the vocal cords so that a child can have a lower or higher pitched voice, depending on which gender they identify with. Um, but then they also, you know, these irreversible genital surgeries, which are just horrific and, and mutilating, that requires more, uh, you know, more of a long-term uh, history of the, the child showing that they've experienced gender dysphoria, but I'm not exactly sure. You know, they don't they don't put put all their guidance out there, and certainly right right now they've pulled a ton of it down from the website. Mm-hmm. Um, but but activists like Billboard Chris and Libs of TikTok, those kinds of social media accounts have have kept a lot of receipts, and so you know mm-hmm. people can go look on look on exactly what these what this guidance says. Do you think, um, I, I don't know how we would know this unless there was whistleblower, but do you think it's uh, a case where they've changed their um, their rhetoric or their literature on their website and, and YouTube channel, as you've already indicated, 
but probably will still take 17-year-olds just uh, in a one-to-one sort of confidant situation between the doctor and patient? Yes. You know what? I really think they will because they've said as much, um, you know, in recent past, but also because they say on their website they follow the World Professional Association of Transgender Health Guidelines, or Mm. WPATH for short, And WPATH just is releasing their updated guidelines uh, this fall. And AP and other places have reported early on getting their hands on this guidance that that calls for lowering the age uh, for these genital surgeries. So if they they say on their website, they still say on their website, they follow this guidance. The guidance is coming out with updated uh, rules this, this year on lowering the age. So I really think that you know, whether or not they're saying it out in the open right now, that's definitely going to be something they're going to do. What motivates Boston Hospital for even providing this at all? I mean, not good, for good adults, question. but but for adults at all, but for children in particular, this seems really diabolical to me. Right. It, it really is. And I, I think that's a great word for it. I'm not sure exactly how else you would call it, especially given that other countries are reversing their stance on this. And we continue to find out more and more every day how harmful these procedures are. And, um, you know, there's numerous uh, adults now out there who are detransition, who've detransitioned and said that these surgeries were so harmful for them and they wish that they would have had somebody there to to delay that from happening. So it's really unclear. I mean, I think it's a spiritual fight, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's spiritual. It's very evil. Um, It's political at some level, you know, Mm -hmm. they're not following the science, that kind of thing. Uh, I think it's a multifaceted issue. Has there been a response from the Archdiocese of Boston on this issue? Good question. Um, I have not seen anything, although I haven't looked for that. So um, you know, that's that's something I'd, I'll look into today, actually. That'd be interesting to hear. But, I mean, you know, you, the, you'd the think, uproar from Catholics. One might think that this would be a very concerning issue for Catholics, yes. especially yes. those who have authority within the archdiocese to say, this is our children, we must defend them, their innocence, their dignity as human persons, and teach mm-hmm. them for, uh, right from wrong and lead them away from error so that they don't see themselves as somehow... Uh, uh, you know, messed up, uh, disfigured, or uh, otherwise, God made them so beautiful from from conception. Uh, it is very, very concerning. We're up against a break right now, but uh, mm-hmm. we're talking with Edie Heipel. She is a, a political correspondent of the Catholic News Agency. When we get back, I want to switch to another story you've put out about the Associated Press, a new journalist. I, th- I see this all related. There seems to be an agenda amidst the world today. We're going to get into that right on the other side of this quick break with Edie Heipel. So stick around, do us a favor, and share us with a friend. But Catholic Drive Time will be right back. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Are you lured by the half-century-old shift in Christianity that hails, I am supposed to be blessed with all my needs met, including excellent health, upward financial abundance, and sidestepping any adverse circumstance? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, sand or rock. Your prosperity church or your megachurch is offering you vanishing fantasies. Tens of millions are reaching for the lures that tickle a natural human quest for life with no heartaches. That is not Christianity as described by Jesus and 
and the apostles. Secondly, there's 73 books, not just 73 individual verses of a dream life. God's merciful action in our life brings us into seasons that are not pleasant. We all struggle with expectations like, take up your cross and follow me. We just can't skirt it. This is a very real part of Christianity. St. Paul said in multiple places, what he suffered as loss, he counted as rubbish in order that he might gain Christ. And, and thirdly, my take on the lives of the saints. Bluntly said, more went wrong than went right, except at the end. And isn't that what counts? Find me online at Smarty Pants Catholic Evangelism. Hi, this is Dr. David Anders from EWTN's Call to Communion. I believe that the Ministry of Catholic Radio is one of the greatest tools we have in the church for evangelism today. I hear from people all over the world on a daily basis who have encountered Christ in the Catholic Church for the first time by listening to Catholic Radio. Please support the Ministry of Catholic Radio today. Support Guadalupe Radio Network. To Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Uh, Edie Heifel is our guest. She's a, she is a political correspondent with the Catholic News Agency. And uh, we're so grateful for your time today, Ms. Heifel. Thank you again for being on with us. We were just talking about the Boston Children's Hospital story, uh, you know, basically offering transgendered surgeries, non-reversible, forever type of surgeries to minors, I mean, let alone adults. It's kind of disgusting. But uh, there's another story you've reported on that I feel is, is linked in all of this. It says the AP adopts LGBTQ ideology and new guidance to journalists covering transgender issues. What's the story here, Ms. Heipel? Definitely connected. Uh, the AP, the Associated Press, just released their new guidelines um, that really kind of are like the Bible for journalists in America in the sense that journalists adhere to these rules. And anyway, they received, they up, released updated guidance uh, telling journalists how they must report on transgender issues. This includes anything from trans, trans transgender sports to, um, you know, how to speak about uh, women who are pregnant. Uh, a clue there, you don't refer to them to women at all. But anyway, you know, this is really, this is, this goes hand in hand with the Boston Children's Hospital in the sense that it's not only telling journalists how to write, but it's telling America, the American public, how to think about these issues. Yeah, it sure is. And it feels like there's an agenda at large in the world. We're making, we're making the, the, the perverse normal. I mean, just think about all the stories we've seen just in the past couple of weeks of, you know, supposed uh, professionals, teachers or psychologists or others that that are uh, making perverse sexual behavior, perverse sexual identities seem like these things are normal. There seems to be a war on children. And now the AP mm-hmm. is going to go hand in glove in that. Completely. And one of an important part of that is, uh, you know, for example, they tell journalists that in no circumstance must they ever use the word groom when it comes to speaking about um, the transgender population or LGBTQ uh, population in no circumstance ever, they say, is it appropriate or right or true to refer to a class of people as somehow grooming children. Now that doesn't apply to any other class of people, but for, for one class of people, they've explicitly said, you can't, you cannot say this word. It will never be true. Um, you know, that word is pretty controversial right now, but there are children out there being groomed um, from 
you know, from this class of people. So it's, it's really, it is really diabolical. It is a, it is a war on children and, um, it, it is, it's grave for sure. You know, to add another uh, piece of uh, wood to the fire here, you also reported, um, you know, as um, I think it's on CNA, it's on CNA, of uh, a story of the Globe Theater changing Joan of Arc to be non-binary. And it seems, you know, I I remember when I was younger, uh, I'm old enough to remember that uh, these people claim to be a minority, that they claim to be so oppressed, but we're seeing just the complete... uh, uh, opposite. We're seeing them uh, re reorganize the way that we think, the way that we talk, the words that we use, the things that we associate. How do we begin to push back on this transgender narrative, on uh, on this right. very destructive ideology? Right. Well, I think there's a lot of different ways. First and foremost, um, it's really important for us to not submit to their rules and not to submit to the language they're asking us to use. For example, we can't say the word groom or we have to say gender inclusivity instead of, you know, whatever else we might want to say. It's really important that we fight back on the little things because the little things build up over time and turn into turn into really grave, um, grave, grave circumstances. And I think you see that across history, you know, for for centuries. Um, Some of the greatest atrocities in history happened because people redefined what it means to be human, for example. And we mm. see that time and time again. And so I think, you know, it starts with everything. It starts with not using their language. Um, you know, if you have children, not putting them in, in public schools, certainly, and finding ways to to fight back against that. And I think parents across the country really are, really are uh, up in arms about it. I think you've seen that in the past past year alone. Parents are really worried when it comes to their children's safety and um, their happiness, their their lives. And, you know, I think it's really interesting because the idea of words, of the power of of the kind of language that's used, we see, we saw what happened with the same-sex marriage issue. And the Even the fact that I just said same-sex marriage, even though there is no such thing as same-sex marriage, the they right. tried to push these lang- this language on us and we end up caving to it, like for instance, saying biological woman, biological man, that implies right. that there's something that's that there's so a, a thing that's uh, contrary to a woman and a biological woman. There's two different things there. Uh, so this whole idea of moving the language, it's difficult for people. Like in our circumstance, we can speak uh, freely and say what we uh, what the truth is. But a lot of places, I'm thinking of right here in Houston. If you are a working in in the in the government in Houston. You can uh, you can be terminated for your job for quote misgendering someone. So if someone mm-hmm. has that or dead naming someone, that you can now be uh, fired for that. And the, this whole language, we're creating a whole new dictionary of language. So, uh, what are your thoughts about how the average person can respond to this? Because I'm at the point where I'm saying like we have to people have to be willing to make the sacrifice to be able to save society. Um, but a lot of people are like, you know, I don't want to, I have a wife, I have a kid. I don't, I can't sacrifice my job. Uh, What say you? Right. Yeah. No, that is really hard because it's, yeah, it's easy for us people like us to, to say these things on air because we're not going to get fired, but people are facing really real world consequences for even a simple decision of refusing to bow to a certain kind of language. Um, and you know, I, I don't have an immediate answer to every circumstance, but I, but I will say this, um, you know, 
it's crazy to me how we're how the mutilation of young children is still not enough to get us upset enough to do something about it. And I think that alone is just something that I'd encourage people to think about um, and what that means for them, because when, when will it really be enough for us to, to say enough, we need to, we need to do something about this. We need to push back against this. Um, So, you know, I I don't have, you know, maybe the best advice in, in, in the, and the way that people might want to hear, which is you might have to face really real consequences, mm-hmm. but you know, what, what's the end goal here? Um, there are souls at stake, uh, you know, innocent souls. And I, and I think that requires a lot of courage in, in today's age. Yeah. I think another thing that just made me think of was the fact that whenever we allow these things to continue, like the abuse of children that's happening right in front of us, we're seeing children being mutilated, castrated chemically or, or otherwise. And instead of being up in arms, we kind of become desensitized to it. And I'm worried mm-hmm. um, that that's going to that's gonna permeate through everything else because, I mean, we've seen it with every single issue so far. They slowly start pe- peeling away until we no longer like, oh, well, you know, gay marriage. I'm against it, but, you know, I'm not going to like roll right. a tank through to try to overturn it or anything like that. And so what do you think about how we can make sure people don't become desensitized to these issues? We talk about them all the time, and now it's like, oh, another story of a child abuse. Oh, well. Yeah, no, you're so right. And, you know, you mentioned a Burgerfell. I think that's a great example. You know, that decision came out when I was, you know, much younger than now. And at the time, you know, people, it, it was like, okay, you know, it wasn't as widespread. And now it's just like this agenda is in our face every minute of every day. And you can't walk down the street, certainly in a city, without being confronted with it. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it is a very uh, rapid rapidly unfolding cycle uh, and you know it is very easy to get desensitized to it and we can't escape from it we can't um you know unfortunately we can't retreat to some remote part of the world and not be faced with it um i think as catholics we're called to be we're called to know the truth about what's going on and also called to reveal it um I think the fetal tissue trafficking scandal um, on the federal government's part is a, another great example of this. You know, for years we heard, oh, maybe this is going on, whatever. We're just kind of accepted it. There's, there's not much we can do. Um, and then in the last couple of years, you know, we've seen horrific things unfold um, about how the bodies of unborn children are being trafficked in our government. Um, you know, so for, for people not to get desensitized, uh, you know, you have to make sure that you're you're absorbing the truth and and finding out the truth behind this, but also just, I don't know. I mean, Mm. I don't know. Praying that we can be encouraged to, to not, to not be overwhelmed by this stuff and and speak the truth. I certainly would love to see more uh, speaking of speaking the truth. I would love to see more bishops come out in the United States against these issues. It seems like the defense for traditional marriage has waned uh, from a yeah. public uh, standpoint, from the uh, from the USCCB and the bishops in general, of course, there are some that are better at it than others, no doubt. But as a whole, we would love to see the bishops come out and defend traditional marriage and really oppose these perversities that are becoming more normal in society. Let me ask you this question as we're running out of time here with Edie Heipel. Uh, you used to work for the Center for Renewing America. You've even worked in the Trump administration, praise be to God. But let me ask you, um, do you think there's, is there enough 
alternative media available uh, so the journalists can have jobs, speak the truth? Uh, or do you think that that censorship factor from the mainstream media, I'm even thinking of YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, their censorship programs, are getting to the point where journalists who want to speak out simply will just, you know, cave and go to the AP, you know, Bible of journalism and just go with the agenda? Yes, I think that's a real problem. Um, and, you know, I've seen that on not just a not just an obvious level, obviously, within our culture and me- mainstream media, but also on a personal level. You know, I know many people who've, uh, who've gone the journalism route and eventually, you know, you do. It's kind of like the whole, the whole job thing. As you mentioned in Houston, when you're faced with these rules, you have to cave or you have to quit. I mean, that sometimes seems like the option that's presented us. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I feel very honored to be part of Catholic News Agency where I am allowed to, you know, speak the truth, which, which is such a crazy novel idea that, you know, to speak the truth, we have to be a part of, you know, Catholic News Agency. Um, so that's a real problem. And, um, I think also back to your point about, you know, what can people do? I think a lot of people just don't know because the media is so, so biased and so, it, Un, unfavored to the truth and is really perverted and twisting the minds of people who might who might not even know frankly that that's not the truth so as catholic journalists for sure we have we have a responsibility to report on these things from a truthful manner amen praise be to god Edie hypo thank you for your uh, your time today and your input on these incredible stories we're really looking forward to your reportage coming up in the future and we would love to have you back soon god bless you and god love you have a great day thank you All right, coming up at the uh, top of the next hour, for anybody who can join us, of course, we're going to have Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com to check on what's going on with the Cardinal Ouled story. All of that and more. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow. You can always hang out online, by the way, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. According to 1 Corinthians 11, receiving communion in an unworthy manner can result in sickness and or death. If communion is simply wafer and juice as opposed to body and blood, doesn't the possibility of sickness and death just seem a little over the top? So here's the three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. First off, in the Bread of Life discourse in John 6, Jesus says, He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. Note, he said drink my blood. He did not say drink my wine or grape juice. Well, no comment needed there. Secondly, you going to walk? The disciples did not walk away from Jesus over a symbolic teaching of body and blood. They walked over how literally Jesus was teaching them. Also, they did not walk over the idea that feeding on Christ's body and blood is feeding on the Bible. No, no, no. And thirdly, your new response. My Catholic friend, when you are asked, hey, have you received Christ? Your answer is yes, every Sunday at Mass. That's how I know objectively that Christ is in me. I had a personal experience that was life-changing for me. My husband of 21 years decided to leave um, our family, me and my girls, and um, in the midst of the absolute horrible heartache, I happened to be flipping through the radio one day on the AM channel because I didn't feel like listening to music, and I happened to find Catholic Radio. And ever since then, I have been tuned in religiously, 
and I feel like I have a really, really strong hold to the Catholic faith. The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to thank those listeners who have supported Catholic Radio financially over the years so that we could be there when Terry needed us. If you would like to support your Catholic Radio station, please visit grnonline.com and you can click on the Donate Now button. Again, we sincerely thank you for helping us to be there for Terry and everyone else that needs God's love. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox. Goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com. Hi, this is Maureen Sanders from Holy Rosary Church in Rosenberg, Texas. You are listening to KSHJ 1430 AM Catholic Radio for Houston. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. That was fun. Edie Heipel, a recent convert, by the way, to the Catholic. I should have asked her, like, what was her, what was she previously? I, I failed to do so. Maybe when we get her back, we'll we'll have that conversation. But she's doing some great reporting in the Church of Christ. <laughs> well, then I guess I'd have something in common with her then. Uh, but I doubt it. I, I doubt it. Um, she's got some great stories over there. That Joan of Arc story is a good one, which is part of the reason why I sent the Joan of Arc movie to the CDT Insiders two weeks ago. Good film. Ingrid Bergman loved it. It was so good. So good. A great antidote to the insanity that has become modern modern interpretations of great stories on these streaming platforms. They're just like the Tolkien thing. They're just brutalizing these stories. It's, it's horrible. Uh, but uh, if you missed that conversation with Edie Heipel... On the Boston uh, Children's Hospital thing, we also covered the AP changing journalism forever, essentially, and a lot more. You can always check out the podcast of our show, which is available about an hour and a half or so, maybe even less than an hour after we go off the air, which is the top of this this hour. So you'll be able to find the podcast on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT, or you can go to your, your uh, Apple podcast feed. What's, what is that, iTunes? Yep, iTunes. iTunes Store. Yeah, it comes with a caveat, though, iTunes. Or I think actually mm-hmm. nowadays it's the mm-hmm. podcast app. So Which is still iTunes. Phone, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just through iTunes, but yeah. it's a separate app. Yeah. Back in my day, we I didn't have we didn't have the, the, the glory and praise easy button of the podcast app. What are we talking about? Your the 30s? Uh, iPod <laughs> shuffle? Yeah. Are you talking about the iPod Woo-hoo. with the ring thing that you would navigate the menus no, with? No, he's talking about... Yes, I have one of those at the he's house. He's talking awesome. about when he had to like walk over mm-hmm. to the public square and mm-hmm. listen to the people CL out things. Here, and yeah, then, yeah, was, that was the original podcast. And they, and they had one of those big, giant uh, horn-looking things that they would mm-hmm. put to their mm-hmm. mouth so they could be a little That's louder. That's exactly right. Yeah, you yeah. remember that, right? Woof. You went, good had, you walked over to the, to the town days. square and you're like, yeah. man, mm-hmm. that guy is so good. If only yeah. I could like download that and carry that around with me. <laughs> you know, what's interesting was, you know the one guy who did not need one of those big bullhorn things? Who? Uh, St. Vincent Ferrer. When that mm. guy belted it out, everyone heard him no matter what. And in their own language. Awesome. Yes. Praise be. And yeah. then when he would fly away, it'd be like, bye. <laughs> you saying that Dominicans are the best preachers? No, nope. that what you're saying? That's not what I said. I said I Saint Vincent Ferrer, who was a 
Mm-hmm. A priest. I'm Dominican. Sorry, what? You what? Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Saint, oh. I'm sorry. What did you say? You breaking yeah, out. St. Vincent Ferrer. What? The Dominican priest. I, I'm sorry. What? Greatest preacher who ever lived. Can't hear you. Mm. You're breaking up again. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, Father Francis, pray for us. And nonetheless, a great conversation. Now, if you do get the podcast over on iTunes, you are required in, due to international treaty, of course, uh, to leave us a five-star review. So, you know, I don't want you to get in trouble, okay? I'm on your side here, so just, you know, do what you got to do. Leave the five-star review. You could, you know, leave, you could actually in the comments say, I hate your show, it's the worst ever, and I've given you five stars. Like, that's fine, fair enough, praise be to God. But uh, make sure on iTunes uh, for the Catholic Drive Time podcast, you do leave a five-star review. On Google Play, it's available. No reviews there. I don't know why, that's weird. Uh, And Spotify as well. But the best place to do it is, of course, on our mobile app, which you can download for free by searching your iOS and Android app stores, look for the Guadalupe Radio Network. You can download that today. It's probably the best way to get your podcast feeds because not only can you listen to the CDT podcast there in the flyout, but you get live audio feed from your local Guadalupe Radio Network station, your local schedule, your local contact information. You can donate and more through your GRN mobile app. Again, search for the Guadalupe Radio Network in your iOS and Android App Store. Praise be to God. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is uh, Tito Edwards, uh, the editor-at-large from BigPulpit.com. Good morning to you, Tito. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Adrian. And good morning, Rudy. I like that bow tie. Hey, thanks, brother. Good morning. Laying the hints for the game show coming up at 15 past the hour. What does the bow tie mean? We'll have to figure that out. Tito, uh, BigPulpit.com. I saw some interesting stories over there this morning. But uh, let's begin with uh, the story about Cardinal Ole out of the Vatican. What is going on there? Cardinal Ole has been accused of uh, sexual abuse back in 2008-2010 by a young lady who at the time was an intern filed a report to Pope Francis back in January 2021. One month later, Pope Francis wrote back and told him he has assigned a father survey to investigate. And uh, after that, it's been silence until... A class action lawsuit was filed by this young lady against the Archdiocese of Quebec, where Ulay is from. Now, uh, the, pro- the, the reason why this is an issue is that there's uh, this document, legislative document called Vos Estes, where uh, you are promised a 90, ta- 90 days to be investigated and given details of the review that was given. And uh, none of that was fulfilled. Mm. And so uh, and the only reason why we know about this case is because it was filed in, in, uh, in it was a public uh, filing for this uh, for this uh, this young lady suing the archdiocese. Mm-hmm. And within days, I, th- I believe Pope Francis issued a statement saying that Cardinal Ulay was innocent. So. The problem here is that Vos Estes was not fulfilled. She was not given any explanation as to why he was uh, deemed innocent. And it was done beyond the 90-day time period that they were allowed. So uh, that is uh, the issue that's going on. And it it goes against what Pope Francis was saying uh, a few years ago, where he wanted complete transparency. The victims should be listened to and... They should be addressed immediately. And uh, unfortunately for this one victim, 
if if her allegations are true, uh, justice has not been denied. Uh, mm-hmm. Justice has been denied, or at the very least, uh, it has not been transparent. So it's uh, another kerfuffle. Uh, kerfuffle. I like that. That's a great word, kerfuffle. Uh, according to a National Catholic Register article uh, put out, I think it was on Friday, it says Cardinal Mark Ouellette has uh, denied these charges. He says, quote, having become aware of the false accusations made against me by the complainant, I firmly deny having made inappropriate acts on her person, and I consider the interpretation and dissemination of these allegations as sexual assaults defamatory. Close quote, Cardinal Ouellet. And if I didn't, I think I'm pretty sure I saw a story that said the Vatican has said there's not enough evidence to really further an investigation here. So they're not planning to pursue this at all. No, it it doesn't seem as as such. Um, uh, Again, the... The the issue here is that uh, she was not told of any of this until it came out in public. Now, maybe she was told. We don't know. But the the whole idea was to avoid situations like this. And and now uh, if Cardinal Ule is innocent, his reputation is tainted. Mm. If this girl was uh, was speaking the truth, uh, then she has been abused a second time in the in the public setting. So it's it's not a good situation for the church and most especially for Cardinal Ulay and his accuser. Yeah, I totally agree, Tito, because um, I'm just wondering at this point, you know, you always have to give the benefit of the doubt to people. And uh, that, you know, that would be for the bishop, for the person accusing him. I'm just wondering, like, at this point, do you know how it is that the investigations take place? I find it strange that the church investigates its own thing and then kind of overrides any sort of investigation. What do you, what do you think? The, that, that's what the legislative document of Vosestes was supposed to resolve, where they were going to give uh, immediately immediate attention, uh, review all the facts, and then issue an, uh, a statement afterwards. Uh, another wrinkle to this story is that Father Survey is the director of a ministry in Quebec who, on the board of directors, his own board of directors is Cardinal Ulay. So there's immediately a conflict of interest. Second point is, is that he has no experience in this arena of investigating sexual abuse. Uh, as, as far as, again, returning to your point, um, I, th- I think the Vatican... It looks as if the Vatican dropped the ball. He, considering everything is truthful, then uh, and Cardinal Ulay is, is is innocent. They they just did not fulfill what they were supposed to do in this situation. She gave the benefit of the doubt of trusting in the Vatican and investigating this. And she, apparently, from what we see as 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 people from the outside looking in. Uh, she felt like she was not uh, given any more information after the the first month of hmm. Pope Francis writing back and saying that he's assigned uh, Father Survey. So she filed a a public antitrust lawsuit against the Archdiocese of, of Quebec. So I think she gave the benefit of the doubt to the Holy See, and uh, she took it in her own hands after nothing was done. I, the irony is, is that within days we found out that Cardinal Lay is innocent, according to the Vatican. But with with no explanation. I wonder right. if they interviewed her thoroughly. That's interesting. Uh, there's a great article linked up at BigPulpit.com about this. 
uh, by Father Gerald Murray, and I encourage you to check out that article, Vatican Failures in Cardinal Ouellette's Case, by Father Gerald Murray. Again, linked up at BigPulpit.com. Let me switch topics on you to go to another story that I found sort of a, a lighter fare and on also very interesting, which was a sneak peek of the private chapel at Castel Gandolfo. And you know what was fascinating to me about the what kind of caught my attention was uh, I can't remember the last time I heard Pope Francis made a trip to Castel Gandolfo. From my, if I'm not mistaken, he almost never goes there. Yeah, I, I uh, bring you bringing that point up just quickly thinking through my brain. You're right. I, he may have gone there once or twice, but he's been Pope now for seven years plus. No, so, no, he's uh, been Pope for almost a decade. A decade, yes. Wow, I've wow, it's been that long. Yeah, uh, he's not. He's only been there twice, if I can recall correctly, and I, I may be wrong. Uh, to his credit, he's a hard worker. <laughs> well, okay. So tell me about the uh, chapel there, the the papal chapel at Castel Gandolfo. So it's our mostly radio audience. You're going to have to describe it somewhat. But uh, what is this article about from BigPulpit.com? It's a medium-sized chapel, uh, like a normal, what you, you would think a normal chapel would look like as far as size. The, the floor is an exquisite and gorgeous marble, really nice and clean and shiny. They've got an altar set up between two large windows, the only windows in the room, with uh, the Madonna of Poland, uh our Lady of Chesticoa, I think, or the Black Madonna, I believe it is. Yes. Right above the altar. It is beautiful. It yeah. is a, a, a serene setting. And it was built on the, on the orders of Pope Pius XI. I believe Pope Pius XII and Pope Paul VI both passed away at, uh, next to that chapel. Uh, and so they they had beautiful masses uh, said for them as they were uh, biding their time till meet, meeting their final judgment. Um, it looks it, that chapel looks better than most of the churches built after 1976, <laughs> in, in my personal opinion. It's true. It does look quite uh, lovely for a very simple and uh, you know small little chapel. Uh, of course, the altar is up against the wall, uh, the Black Madonna above it, which made me think that's probably the personal touch of John Paul II. Um, that, from what I understand, it's a, a Polish artist that designed uh, the chapel uh, in 1939, uh, fled to the U.S., uh, did some work for some of the churches there, and was privileged enough to help uh, uh Polishize it when John Paul II was there. Yeah, and so uh, he 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 lived a long life and was able to have a pol see a Polish Pope in 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 uh, the seat of Peter. And yet it's remained through Benedict the Sixteenth, who is German, uh, and then of course now under Pope Francis, who is ah. Argentinian. Uh, you, I'm surprised that you would have thought something like that might have been updated with either either of those popes, but it still remains. The Black Madonna is still there. It's a very lovely looking icon for sure. Uh, with an interesting past, but I like it's a like again a very simple and very elegant and beautiful private little chapel uh, with a kneeler uh, next to the presider's chair. But the, the altar itself uh, is very traditional looking, which is also very interesting, and up on a platform too. So check it out. It's a fun little story about the papal chapel at Castel Gandolfo at BigPulpit.com. Tito Edwards. 
God bless you. God love you. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. God be praised. We'll see you next Monday. Praise be to God. That's BigPulpit.com. Check them out today. But after this break, we're going to play our game show, Fear and Tribbling, with new prizes at stake, and you could win. Call now for your first chances to do so at 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Many Protestants believe we are saved by faith alone, and they say Catholics believe they can work their way into heaven. How do you answer that? First, I asked them to show me where in the Catechism, the official teaching of the Catholic Church, does it teach that we can work our way into heaven. They can't because it doesn't. The Catholic Church has never taught a doctrine of salvation by works, that we can work our way into heaven. Second, I asked them to show me where in the Bible does it teach that we are saved by faith alone. They can't because it doesn't. The only place in all of Scripture where the phrase faith alone appears is in James 2.24 where it says that we are not, not justified or saved by faith alone. So one of the main pillars of Protestantism, the doctrine of salvation by faith alone, not only doesn't appear in the Bible, but the Bible actually says the exact opposite, that we are not saved by faith alone. Third, I ask them that if works have nothing to do with our salvation, then how come every passage in the New Testament that talks about judgment says we will be judged by our works, not by faith alone? We see this in Romans 2, Matthew 15, 1 Peter 1, and many other verses. Fourth, I ask them if we are saved by faith alone, why does 1 Corinthians 13, 13 say that love is greater than faith? Shouldn't it be the other way around? Catholics believe that we are saved by God's grace alone. We can do nothing apart from God's grace to receive the free gift of salvation. However, we have to respond to His grace. Protestants believe that too. However, many Protestants believe that the only response necessary is an act of faith, whereas Catholics believe a response of faith and works is necessary, whereas the Bible puts it in Galatians 5, 6, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is of any avail, but faith working through love. Faith working through love, just as the church teaches. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now, your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show that has secrets and agendas. But you're not supposed to tell anybody, so... Don't tell anybody what I'm about to share with you. Does that sound like a deal? All right, number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you just might learn something you didn't know before. Praise be to God. That's always a good thing. And I can guarantee I'm looking at the questions right now. You're going to learn at least one thing today. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good time. And our callers are actually amazing. They laugh with us. They have a good time. And we appreciate that most. And then we give out prizes, which means this is a winner for everyone involved. But if you are new here, I shall explain. I do have three Catholic trivia questions sitting in front of me. But I do not ask the caller the questions. So they don't need to know the answers, but could still win our game. Uh, That's because I will instead ask Rudy and Adrian. 
One of them will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then the correct answers will go into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Good morning to you, Rudy. And what could they win? Good morning, Joe. And you asked. We listened. I got many messages about the coffee cup of divine providence. And so for another week, I'm going to offer you guys an opportunity to win a CDT mug. You can't find it anywhere. We don't have a store. We don't have a a storefront anywhere here at the farmer's market or anything like that. So we're going to give away another CDT prize back, which includes a signed CDT mug. Nice. Praise be to God. So uh, CDT is the sponsor, giving you a gift pack of goodies this week. Uh, Again, autographed, I guess. It's autographed, right? The CDT mug. If you want to, uh, if if you don't want to autograph it, that's fine. But you're going to have to explain yeah. it to the mm-hmm. listener. Mm-hmm. Explain that I won't autograph their <laughs> mug? Of course I'm going to autograph their mug. Imagine you're mm-hmm. you're you're going to go see Joe, and he's, uh, like, he's like, over there, and you're like, hey, yeah. can I get an autograph? And you're like, no. Joe's kind of a big no. deal. He, he denies <laughs> autographs constantly. <laughs> right. I dislike giving autographs because it's awkward and weird, to be honest with you. But nonetheless, <laughs> I will autograph the mug no matter what. Praise be to God. All right. Let's go to the phones then. Uh, Camilla, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God. I like that energy, Camilla. Uh, where are you calling from? Um, I'm on my way to school. I'm going to middle school. Nice. Middle school. You're, you're, you're like so close to having to pay taxes then. <laughs> like middle school is oh. so far advanced. What, what grade are you in? Um, six. Sixth grade. Wow. And, uh, that's more I, than fifth. huge. <laughs> Uh, I remember sixth grade distinctly. It wasn't a good year for me. Hopefully yours is going to be better than mine. Uh, like, what's your favorite subject in school, Camilla? Um, reading and okay. theater. 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 Wow. That's my kind of girl. Right yeah. there. Now, when we say theater, do we mean like acting or do you want to be like the director that tells everybody what to do? Both. Yeah, <laughs> that is exactly up my speed. Woohoo! I like the drama, Camilla. That's good. Praise be to God. Now, where do you go to church, Camilla? Um, I go to multiple. I go to St. Stephen's Catholic Church. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to um, Immaculate Conception Catholic Church. All right. And St. Joseph Catholic Church. Praise be to God. St. Joseph, pray for us. All right, Camilla, do you know how this game works? Do you know how the rules are played? Yes. All right. Well, I like that confidence. That's wonderful. All right, let's go. We're going to go play. Uh, we'll start with Team Rudy first, as uh, we always do, our patrimony, our, our church-approved tradition. Good morning to you, Rudy. Carlos, with your bow tie. Good morning. Bow tie. Can I send out, like, Amber Alerts for bow ties? Just wanted the audience to be fully aware. If you're not watching, it's Ruby Red with uh, really tiny polka dots. You look like a banker. Hey, thanks, man. Do I owe Somebody you money? told me that the other day. Okay. They're like, hey, you look like a banker. Yeah. Like, uh, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might own a house someday if that were true. <laughs> All right. Praise be to God. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Are you sure? I'm super ready. Uh, you, I don't know if you're as super ready as Camilla is. She sounds confident. She does, doesn't she? All right. Let's start with a hard one then. All right. Okay. Here we go. What term refers to the sorrow for committing a sin, but not for the highest motives? That is, through fear of God's punishment. What do we call that? Just as a quick aside, the higher motive is for 
just a fear for a, a regret of offending God. So mm-hmm. this is an imperfect contrition. Mm-hmm. So your answer is what again? Imperfect contrition. Imperfect contrition is what you're saying. Yes. Hmm. Okay. Adrian, I'm sure this applies to you mostly, but could you tell me what term refers to the sorrow for committing a sin, but not the not for the highest possible motives, that is, through fear of God's punishment? What do we call that? Yes, that's called culpability. 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 Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, culpability. Okay. Camilla, you got choices. Is it culpability? as Adrian says, or imperfect contrition, or some would say attrition, as Rudy would say. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Camilla in Houston. What say you? Rudy. Wow. Are you sure? Do you want to ask? Yes. (laughs) So wise. Can't trick her. Wow. You can't can't do it. Camilla, are you going to run for like office someday? You're very, like, you got those answers nailed. Congratulations. You are correct. It is... Attrition or imperfect contrition. It's like mm-hmm. two ways to say yeah. the same thing. Imperfect contrition is the if definition get, of attrition. Go if ahead. I get any, if I get any other questions wrong, it's going to be a very big kerfuffle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. Kerfuffle. <laughs> yeah. Masterful, it, That develops Amazing. in the 16th century from the word mm-hmm. fuffle. Is that right? Mm-hmm. From Oof. the Scottish English. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Fascinating facts today. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, all right. Praise be to God. Uh, you are correct. You're in with the toughest one. These next ones are slightly easier. Praise be to God. We're going to start with Adrian for this next one. Adrian, uh, can you tell me? What is another name for Holy Thursday? Another name for Holy Thursday. Is that what you're asking me? Uh, le- uh, yes, I'll clarify. Okay. Uh, what is another name for Holy Thursday? Okay, I was a little confused there for a second. Yeah, that would be Spy mm-hmm. Thursday. Spy Thursday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that like TikTok? Like no, no. It has nothing to do with the like, TikTok. It has to do with Twitter. It has to do with mm-hmm. Judas coming up and, okay. and spying on okay. our Lord. He'd be like, mm, he looks to his left. Looks to his right, and he's spying on the Lord. And then and he he's says, like, "Certainly, it's not me." Oh, yeah, he, he sneaks over. Mm-hmm. And he does like a little uh, hands, okay. hands up, like the in the cartoons. Okay, so spy, spy. The problem was spy. nobody said swipe or no swiping was the real issue. Uh, Rudy, maybe you could tell us what is another name for Holy Thursday? Monday Thursday, and I'm not talking about the start of the week, which is today. Monday, Tuesday, Monday. Wednesday, Thursday. I remember that song. That's a good song, man. <laughs> Monday, Monday, That's a different Thursday. song. It's not I don't get it. How so, can Monday be Thursday? Monday, Thursday. Monday. Your answer. That's right. All right, Camilla, you got options. Rudy says uh, another name for Holy Thursday is Monday, Thursday. Whereas Adrian seems to think it's Spy Thursday. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Camilla, what say you? The wise Adrian. Uh oh. No. No. Sorry. That's Spy oh. Wednesday. My heart. My heart aches. My heart. My heart aches. Yeah, it's off by a, by a day. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So Holy Wednesday or Good Wednesday or also known as Spy Wednesday. Monday Thursday is the correct answer. Uh, but in my defense, Camilla, I did say Rudy was wearing a bow tie today. So there is a huge <laughs> kerfuffle going on over there. Sorry. All right. But don't fear, Camilla. We're going to get you in here for a second uh, try. I just know it. This next one is easily not as hard as the first question. 
Don't Easily. Get, don't get fuffled. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so we're going to go back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me, how many candles are lit for a high mass? Joe, here you go again with your tricky stuff. Listen, when you get home, take out a, a box of pancake mix. It'll say if you're at altitude, it's going to take a longer time for you to bake the pancake mix. Right? So the trick question here, yeah. we have to distinguish, it's hard to like things at altitude. So there isn't an actual number. You can use as many as you can possibly like. I'm running out of time right? here. What's your answer? There's no set number. For a high I'm mass. confused by candles and pancakes and holy mass. Altitude. But, you're talking about high mass, uh, right? Oh, Altitude. I see where you're going with that. Like, okay. So your answer is there is no number. There's no number. It, it, whatever Just you want to do is fine. As many as you can get lit. I see. Yeah. Get lit. At altitude. At, oh, at altitude. Yes. Not get lit anywhere else, no. but get lit at altitude. No. Got it. Okay. Talking slang here. Woo! All right, Adrian, please help. Uh, could you tell me how many candles are lit for a high mass? Well, it does get lit at a high mass. It is true. <laughs> <laughs> and so at a high mass, you have to light at least okay. six candles. Oh, at I least seem to recall six. pictures the papal mm -hmm. chapel Oh, yeah. Castel Condolfo mm. had six oh, candles. Oh, interesting. Is that what you guys are talking about? No, okay. Oh. All right, Camilla, how many candles are lit for a high mass? Is it six, as Adrian is indicating, at least six? Or is it, it makes no diff uh, for Rudy? Rudy Carlos seems to think it doesn't make a difference how many candles there are. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Camilla in Houston, what say you? Um, I think Adrian? Oh, that wasn't very confident at all. <laughs> Camilla, you have restored my confidence in you by masterfully having to admit that Adrian is correct. In Don't public. worry. There is no kerfuffle going on over here. Praise be to God. Well played. Well played, Camilla. You are in for two. You did great. Praise be to God. Thank you for being on our show today, Camilla. Thank you. Have a great day at school and enjoy reading and uh, and acting and acting and telling people what to do because that's the best job ever. Make sure nobody is is fuffled and no no kerfuffles today. God bless you. We're gonna put you on hold, but have a great day. Thanks again. You have to tune in on Friday to know if it's God's holy will that you should be pulled from the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. But nonetheless. We'll have more chances tomorrow. Join us then if you can. But if you are able and you want to, comment directly and interact with us for the next half hour. We're open to taking your comments and questions and suggestions on our live video feed. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of the Queenship of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Hail Holy Queen enthroned above 
Maria, hail Mother of mercy and of love. O Maria, triumph all ye cherubim, sing with us ye seraphim, heaven and earth resound the hymn, Salve, Salve, Salve Regina. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Christe eleison. Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison. Let us pray. O God, who made the mother of your son, to be our mother and our queen. Graciously grant that, sustained by her intercession, we may attain in, attain in the heavenly kingdom the glory promised to your children. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Reading from the second letter of Paul to the Thessalonians. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters, as is fitting, because your faith flourishes evermore, and the love of every one of you for one another grows ever greater. Accordingly, we ourselves boast of you in the churches of God regarding your endurance and faith in all your persecutions and the afflictions you endure. This is evidence of the just judgment of God so that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. We always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of, this, of his calling and powerfully bring to fulfillment every good purpose and every effort of faith that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him in accord with the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord.
Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all you lands. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim, Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Announce his salvation day after day. Tell his glory among the nations, among all peoples, his wondrous deeds. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. For great is the Lord and highly to be praised. Awesome is he beyond all gods. For all the gods of the nations are things of naught, but the Lord made the heavens. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. My sheep hear my voice, says the Lord. I know them and they follow me. Hallelujah. 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 The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You lock the kingdom of heaven before men. You do not enter yourselves, nor do you allow entrance to those trying to enter. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You traverse sea and land to make one convert, and when that happens you make him a child of Gehenna, twice as much as yourselves. Woe to you blind guides who say, If one swears by the temple, it means nothing. But if one swears by the gold of the temple, one is obliged. Blind fools, which is greater, the gold or the temple that made the gold sacred? And you say, If one swears by the altar, it means nothing. But if one swears by the gift on the altar, one is obliged. You blind ones, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? One who swears by the altar swears by it and all that is upon it. One who swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And one who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who is seated on it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Eight days after we celebrate the solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, we celebrate this beautiful memorial, kind of way a feast day, of the Queenship of Mary. She indeed is our Queen, sits at the right hand of our Lord, and is a powerful, of course, a powerful intercessor for us. I think what we can draw from that first reading as we begin the second letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians is how much Paul is encouraged by the Thessalonians. And then in, by that courage, then he encourages them more, especially in their time of trial and persecution. But he, is, he really is a, 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 inspired by them. And I think this is where our Blessed Mother as Queen is really helpful for us. She inspires us. She encourages us, um, especially when we seem to be losing ground in our faith life. <laughs> she encourages us by the fact that she has gone before us 
and is there interceding for us, spurring us on as our dear mother, caring for us, sometimes shaking and waking us up so that we could uh, get on and get moving in our faith life. But she's such an encouragement. We think that, you know, that she's arrayed in all this gold and, and beauty, and, and it would sort of make us re, sort of recoil a bit because of the amazement of what God has done for her. And yet that's the amazing thing about Mary, is that in her humility, her great humility, it actually, in a sense, if I could put it this way, it forces her to come towards us in our weakness, in our debilities. So we have this great and powerful intercessor who is our mother, who is our queen. So St. Paul, as he is encouraged, we are encouraged by the Blessed Virgin Mary. There was one time when I was uh, at this little shrine of the rosary out down in southern Colorado, and the person had sort of painted these different images of our Blessed Mothers that went through the glorious mysteries. When it came to the coronation of Our Lady, it had sort of Mary... Uh, at the at the bottom, being crowned, not with a, a crown of gold, that's how we represent it, but with the presence of the Trinity. So there is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the Father and the Son sending the Spirit upon Mary and crowning her with his presence. I think that's right. <laughs> the great crown of Mary, or her queenship, has to do with this openness, this amazement of its capacity to receive God and to continue to receive him in heaven. Constantly being his presence being poured forth in her in her soul, and uh, and that magnifying the Lord for all eternity. When it comes to the gospel, we're kind of like these are very harsh words of Jesus, huh? He has a quite a harsh indictment against the Pharisees, calling them hypocrites. I remember a confrere of mine coming to someone on the street. He says, uh, you know, inviting he, inv- he was inviting this person to church, and the person says, I'm not going to church. There's all nothing but hypocrites there. And his response was, well, there's always room for one more. <laughs> there's something we recognize, you know, a lot of times hypocritical in our own lives. But one thing to say about being hypocritical, we sometimes think it is you know, people who say one thing and do another. Yes, that's part of being of hypocrisy. But the, the core of hypocrisy is presenting ourselves as something that we are not. So for the Pharisees, this would be saying, well, I'm in touch with God, you know, because I'm, I'm a Pharisee. I know the scriptures. Uh, I know the way uh, to, to heaven. I know about God. And yet living a life that is very contrary to that, a life that is not according to the law, and so, but presenting themselves as if they were this great uh, teacher or leader, that's hypocrisy. We all do things like we say one thing, we do another, because we're weak. But when we present ourselves as, look at how, look at, I'm, in, I'm important and I should be an example, but then don't live that at all. And, but we want people to, to think we do. Yeah, that's hypocrisy. And we have to be very, very careful of that. The Lord says that he was uh, describing that those who are hypocrites, who lock the kingdom of heaven before men, you do not enter yourselves, nor do you allow entrance for those trying to enter. Now compare that to the Blessed Virgin Mary as queen of heaven and earth. In a way, the gatekeeper <laughs> is the gate of heaven. Yes, she is one who has gone before us and opens the gate for us. To end, St. Louis Maria Montfort had a beautiful image of how this, this blessed queen works in our favor. We come to bring our offering to God. It's very poor. We have not much to offer. And yet Mary, who is the queen, who knows how to um, get to the heart of the king, 
takes our little offering and she surrounds it with her goodness, surrounds it with all these beautiful fruits, and then knows it, presents it to the Lord, kind of hiding the little rotten apple that we put there. She presents it to the, to the Lord so that he would receive that gift as a perfect offering. That's what Our Lady does for us. Takes the poverty that we have, augments it with her glory, with her, the glory that she has received from God, and presents it to the Lord as a beautiful offering. May she intercede for us, and most of all, may she inspire us and spur us on to holiness, that we may come to receive the Lord, to be bathed in the glory of the Trinity when we go home to, to our Heavenly Father. We have all gathered here, dear brothers and sisters, to celebrate the mysteries of our redemption. Let us therefore ask Almighty God that the whole world may be watered from these springs of all blessing and life. Let us pray for all who have vowed themselves to God, that with his help they may faithfully keep to their resolve. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray for peace among nations that delivered from all turmoil. Peoples may serve God in freedom of heart. We pray to the Lord. We pray for the elderly who suffer from isolation or sickness that they may be strengthened by our love of them as our brothers and sisters. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We thank the Lord for this beautiful memorial as we celebrate the Queenship of Mary. May she intercede for us and we present to her our lives and all of our poverty and weakness and also the lives of our family and friends who are in most need, who are far away from the Lord, that Our Lady may draw, draw them by her goodness and kindness, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray for ourselves gathered here, that as God does not cease to sustain us with the things of this life, we may know how to use them in such a way that we may hold even now to the things that endure forever. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who have died, for the holy souls in purgatory, for the intentions of those who are joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, for those who are enrolled in our mass, in our Salt Mass Association, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. May your mercy, we beseech you, O Lord, be with your people who cry to you, so that what they seek at your prompting they may obtain by your ready generosity. Grant these prayers through Christ our Lord, through the powerful intercession of our Blessed Mother, as we say. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, the fruit of the earth and work of human hands will become for us the bread of life. Blessed, Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, the fruit of the vine and work of human hands will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. 
pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. As we observe this memorial of the Blessed Virgin Mary, we bring you our offerings, O Lord, praying to be given strength by the humanity of Christ who offered himself to you on the cross as the unblemished oblation who lives and reigns forever and ever. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, and to praise, bless, and glorify your name in veneration of the blessed ever-Virgin Mary. For by the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit she conceived your only begotten Son, and without losing the glory of virginity, brought forth into the world the eternal light, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him the angels praise your majesty, dominions adore, and powers tremble before you. Heaven and the virtues of heaven and the blessed seraphim Worship together with exaltation. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in humble praise as we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncheli et Terra, Gloria Tua. Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and eat of it for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice. And once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, save us, Savior of the world. 
For by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly, we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Preceptus salutaribus moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, Sanctifice tuhur nomen tuhum, adveniat regnum tuhum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis odie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. Graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. And the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
Blessed are you who have believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Let us pray. Having received this heavenly sacrament, we humbly pray, O Lord, that we who reverently celebrate the memorial of the Blessed Virgin Mary may merit to be partakers of your eternal banquet through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow down for the blessing. May God, who through the childbearing of the Blessed Virgin Mary, willed in his great kindness to redeem the human race, be pleased to enrich you with his blessing. Amen. May you know always and everywhere the protection of her through whom you have been found worthy to receive the author of life. Amen. May you who have devoutly gathered on this day carry away with you the gifts of spiritual joys and heavenly rewards. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Dulcedo, Et Spes Nostra Salve, A Te The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, this is Janet from St. Francis Religious Gifts and parishioner at Christ the Redeemer. You are listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. <laughs> 